This is David Ong, and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben Arnott, and I'd like to welcome you to another killer episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast, Australia's first barbecue podcast. Not too long ago, I was very privileged to have the opportunity to MC the Clean Heat Charcoal Barbecue Ribboff for Underground Barbecue. It was the first competition of its kind in Australia, and it was a hell of a great day out. It was essentially a down and dirty grudge match to work out who cooks the best pork ribs in Australia once and for all, earning themselves the title of Rib King or Queen, oh, and a cool $1,000, in cash. The contestants were a veritable who's who of Australian barbecue. The promoter, Rowan Peterson, who you've heard in episode 7 of this podcast, invited the top three scoring teams for pork ribs from the 2016 season. Then he invited two more teams who are famous, or is that infamous, for their smack talk about their ribs. Wildcards, if you will. The lineup included Pitts Perfect, Full Metal Kettle, Rub and Grub, Bush Kitchen, and Roland Smoke Barbecue. You'll remember Lucas from Roland Smoke Barbecue from Episode 8. However, Rowan had a couple of things up his sleeve to throw at these competitors. He wanted a level playing field, so he contacted Manhorn Barbecue Smokers, who supplied nearly identical smokers for all competitors to use for the day. He reached out to Clean Heat Barbecue and Misty Gully, who supplied the charcoal and the smoking woods. The final step was to get everybody using ribs from the same supplier too. As soon as Rowan filled me in on his plan, I knew I had to be involved. Now the judging was really interesting too, with an all-star judging panel including Eureka Smoke, Suck Knuckle Smokers and The Smoking Joint, all leaders in the competitive barbecue circuit. After the fourth team had some problems and couldn't make it, I got to step in and take their place. I gotta tell you, to sit at that table with those three teams and talk ribs for an hour or so was an experience that I won't soon forget. The event was kindly sponsored by Clean Heat Barbecue, Hammerstyle Knives, Misty Gully, Manhorn, Barbecue Shack and Macca Knife Rolls. The venue was kindly supplied by the Vineyard, which itself has a long, steeped history involving meat and fire. All proceeds from the event were donated to Soldier On, an organisation which does a lot of work with returning servicemen and women. It was a great event for a great cause and I was really proud to be a part of it. One of the things I got to do was record a series of interviews with the competitors, sponsors and suppliers. It was fascinating to hear all their stories and of course pick their brains for tips. When else was I going to get an opportunity like this? And now, it's your turn. This is the Smoking Hot Confessions Podcast with Barbecue Pitmaster Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Alrighty, I'm sitting here now with uh, Abel from Clean Heat Charcoal, the major sponsor of today's ribboff. And uh, I just want to say, first of all, welcome and thank you, Abel. How are you doing today? Fantastic, Ben. Thank you very much for having me here. And it's a wonderful privilege to uh, be part of the, um, the Clean Eat uh, Ribboff Cook-Off, you know? Definitely. Now, I understand uh, you're a bit like me. You're, uh, you're an import from out of state. So um, how's things over in South Australia at the moment? Well, you know, South Australia is South Australia. I mean, it's a nice little place, nice and quiet and that, but the love for barbecue there uh, reigns supreme. We've got some really good teams. Uh, we sponsor some of those teams and um, yeah, no, it's all good. I understand that the number one team in Australia is from South Australia too, isn't that, it? That's exactly right. And that's Suck Knuckle Smokers and um, they are also part of the um, Kini stable. And they, yep. they use our charcoal and ah, it's all good. There's a, there's a pro tip right there. Yeah. 
Very nice. Okay, so could you give us a quick run through of what products you've brought today for the teams to cook on? All right. So, so basically, what what we did is predominantly the boys are are cooking on the um, on the premium grade product, and uh, the reason why this product is a premium grade product is because unlike a lot of um, other competitors and so on uh, coming out of South Africa, they use just a normal straight run, what we call a normal table run charcoal. We we actually screen for size and and for quality. So. Everything that you see in those bags, in those premium size bags, the premium grade bags, they're all 50 mil and up. Uh, and specifically, we use a Namibian hardwood called Mapani, or alternatively, we'll use an acacia, depending on the application. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what, what makes uh, Namibian hardwood different? Okay. Well, well, it's got beautiful flavors, first of all. In the meat. It allows the meat to have beautiful flavors whilst cooked. It really burns very, very hot and for a very, very long time. So it makes a lot... Uh, it's a hardwood, you know. It's unlike other other fuels, which are also good, I suppose, like mangrove, much softer, it's a softer type of wood. So the harder the wood is, the the, the longer it burns, the better it um, it performs, and it's more consistent in heat. So you're actually able to to gauge your um, your temps and your pit gauges. And right, okay. And can, can you tell us a bit about the charcoal creation process using that? Yes, that absolutely. Hardwood? So, so what happens is in our in our particular instance, um, we've got a um, my, my partner and I. Uh, we have a, a, a business called uh, Blaze Bright Products in South Africa, and that is the manufacturing side of of, of uh, the charcoal, the clean uh, the clean brand mm-hmm. in South Africa. We go under the name of Blaze Bright Products, and. Um, um, and for exports in Australia, we've decided to go with this brand called Clean Heat. And, you know, the reasons are obvious. It is it's a very, very clean form of heat. And the good thing about our product is this, that it comes out of Namibia. And the species, the species of wood that we use is a, um, a Mupani hardwood. And what it is, it, it's actually an invader bush. And it inhibits all short grass growth. So it starves everything around, around it. So no grass grows. Therefore, animals don't flourish. There's, there's no, there's, there's no feed for them. So, by cutting this wood down, we encourage short grass growth. It brings animals back into the area. Right. Okay. The other advantage is that um, there are a lot of impoverished communities up in those areas up in Namibia. So, by employing these people, so we're helping with uh, poverty and, and empowering impoverished communities. It's fantastic. So, once, once the stuff is burnt and carbonized up in Namibia in mobile uh, kilns, unlike the traditional pits. Uh, in Namibia, we use mo- mobile kilns, which are typically about two meters in diameter, and they move around from area to area. So we burn, and then the next day, um, when the charcoal is carbonized, they take it down. It gets trucked to our facility, which is two and a half thousand kilometers away. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's, quite a, it's quite a distance. And then, um, so the stuff comes down to our factory. We've got a big screening machine, and... Everything falls through the screen. On the top screen, we've got a 50 mil screen. So the shaker starts shaking. Anything that's smaller than 50 mil, the 50 mil goes down the one conveyor belt. We screen for um, off-burnt pieces and anything that's undesirable, stones, rocks, whatever it might be. That gets all taken out, and it goes through there. Now, for us to get 20 tons of premium-grade charcoal, creamy charcoal, we need to screen 200 tons at a time. 200? 200 tons. Wow. Okay, because typically it's a, it's a weed, it's a bush, mm. so you don't really get very very big pieces. No, uh, as a as a result of it not being a very very big uh, uh, big uh, tree. 
Well, they're not 200 year old growth. No, no, so. no, they're not. And they're very prolific. So you cut them down, they grow again. Yeah, right. It's, just, it's unbelievable how quickly they grow. So once we get that 50 mil out and we, and that's destined to, and it's the 50 mil, the, the premium grade is destined only for export markets. We do not sell that into the local market in South Africa. So anything from 49 mil down to about 30 mil goes into these red bags over here. Mm-hmm. And that is really good for, um, for direct barbecuing, home barbecuing. Uh, Weber applications and and um, both, you know making kebabs, you know, just a general straight direct drilling. Yep. Then whatever falls underneath this, the crumbs, which we call the fines, yep. they go into a crusher. From the crusher, they go into these big blenders, and we add water and ten percent maize starch until we get like a thick porridge type right. of uh, consistency. And by doing so, then we throw that through another chute into the molds, and we get our pillow briquettes. Yes. With the little pillows, right? These particular, uh, these particular briquettes, unlike a lot of other briquettes that are using chemicals and accelerants and all sorts of nasties, it's 100% charcoal carbon with 10% low-fat maize starch. So the application here is very good for Weber's. Mm. And guys like the smoking joints, suck knuckle smokers, second-hand smokers, using prolifically in their drums, the UDSs, for example, um, suck knuckle smokers in particular, uh, they will tell you, even rub and grub, these guys, all these guys use our briquettes. They hold a very, very consistent heat and have a very, very long and slow burn. So it's, it lends itself to competition if you're running drums, uh, Weber Smoky Mountains, that kind of application. And also very good for, also for direct drilling, cooking fish, cooking meat. Sounds like they'd be perfect for running a snake in the Weber too. Uh, unbelievable in the snake. Really beautiful. Really, really beautiful. So that's basically, it's a very simple business in, in a sense that it, the, the, the science of it is very simple, but it is, it is very hard to put all those mediums together to try and produce a very high quality product so that everybody can enjoy. Well, I love the fact that you've got no chemicals in there. I love the mm. fact that it's uh, all 100% natural yeah. and yeah. I love that you're helping the local community. Oh, absolutely. So I, can, yeah. I can see why you're branding it Eco Barbecue. Well, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It's, it's really good for the environment in, in that sense. And um, the nice thing about it is also the flavors that come out of this wood is absolutely unbelievable. And from a market-related point of view, from a price point of view, we're not exorbitant our prices. And in fact, we're very, very market-related. Beautiful. Now, how do people get hold of this product? Do they order it yeah. through your website? Yeah, well, we've got a website, cleanheatbarbecue.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have um, a Facebook page, uh, Clean Heat Barbecue. And... Uh, we also have a page down in South Australia called South Aussie Barbecue, and in there, in the info page, there's a list of all distributors. Now, in New South Wales, we've got two major distributors. In Brisbane, we've got uh, Zest Foods. In South Australia, it's myself and uh, G Fresh SA Spice, mm-hmm. and a lot of the butchers now have gotten into it. So, most of the butchers that are into the low and slow scene, like Ellis Butchers, um, Richard Gunner, Austral Meats, Rick Carr from Adelaide Hills Beef. Tea tree gully quality meats, all these guys that all stock our products. So it's easily available and we're currently busy. Oh, another thing I need to mention to you, we, um, we just uh, had our first order for Western Australia. Oh, through, fantastic. Through Heath uh, Town Centre. I don't know if you're familiar with the gentleman. He's a chef and a very good friend of David Ong's. And through David Ong, I met Heath. And Heath has come on board with another friend of his, Gary, and we're busy processing our container for them. So soon we'll also be in Western Australia. Fantastic. Mm, beautiful. So if anybody's outside of those capital cities, do you ship? Like can they can they order direct through your website and you'll ship it out? Yes, we, we, we can, but 
I, I always got a, there's a, a word of caution there that the postal, um, the, uh, the freight is always very, very expensive. Of so course. what we're trying to do is we, we're trying to create um, a major distributor in, in every state. Yep. And then all, all our guys that want to buy you know, our products can actually find the outlets here. It makes it easier for the end okay. user. So, because it, it is, it's a weighty item. So, you, you know, sometimes people ask me for a bag of briquettes or two bags of briquettes and they want it like in a rural uh, Victoria and it costs 70 bucks to send it there on a $15 product. Like, I mean, for two bags, you know, seven fifty a bag, eight bucks, whatever it is. Yeah, so, yeah. So, that's what we're trying to achieve now. So, we're working very hard to try and get as many distributors on board so everybody can have a go at this beautiful product of ours. That's a great plan. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. All right. I'd just like to say thank you for your time today. Yes, no, thank you. Thank um, you very much. And no, I really appreciate um, um, you having me here. And um, I'm really, really excited to see what the results are going to be tonight with the, with the teams out there. Me too. Me and too. And hopefully get to taste some of it. Yeah. I'm going to be hanging in the wings, like reaching out, trying to snatch some. It would be silly not to. Yeah. So once again, thank you for being involved in this competition thank today. You. Thank you very and much. And I'm sure that the charity that we're here to raise money yes, for, I, Soldier On, is yep, going to be very yep. appreciated I want as well. To do, I wanted to say that as well. I think it's a, it's a great thing that we're doing for the community. It's a great thing that we're doing for people that have been sort of marginalized or haven't found their feet since coming back from, from the war. And it's just good to be able to give back into the community and, and make it a community event. And I want to thank you guys for organizing it, for uh, the Barbecue Underground, from Row, from Row and Slow. Yourself from hot, hot, um, 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 hot smoking confessions, isn't it? Smoking, smoking hot confessions. A bit dyslexic. <laughs> it's it's yeah. written on my shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can't read. So, and, and all the teams that took the time to come here, and obviously the, the vineyard as well for uh, supplying the venue. It's just so great to be able to give something back to people that have given so much to us. So. 100%. Yeah. That's it. And for the love of barbecue, of course. Exactly. Thank all you right. very much. Thank you, Abel. Thank you. Take him, man. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, I'm here now with uh, Adam, the manager of the vineyard. First of all, I'd just like to say thank you for welcoming us into your iconic uh, location here. And uh, just wanted to say, uh, yeah, welcome and thank you. Yeah, not a problem. It's an absolute pleasure. So I understand that this is uh, quite a, a historical location. Can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the background of the venue? Uh, we're, as with the current owners, we've been here for about 17 years. Um, and... As the vineyard itself, it's probably been one of the longest-running steakhouses in Melbourne. It was, it was definitely the first. Uh, there was a old guy, Pepe, who used to do the steaks here, who was part of like the first sort of Croatian uh, immigrants that came over, and oh wow, they sort of really tapped into the barbecue sort of culture of, of Melbourne, and um, went back to Croatia and got one of their sort of specialised grills. I think they used like a, I'm not sure what sort of like volcanic rock or something. Brought that back here and sort of started the first steakhouse in Melbourne, and which was hugely popular right through to the 80s, really, and um, from the 60s. And, you know, I used to have all, all the old, uh, the Logie's favourites, you might call them, Don Lane and Denise Drysdale and all that sort of characters here in the, yeah, early 70s and all that sort of stuff coming for basically the steaks and stuff. So we carried that through. Well, Johnny uh, Adichie, the owner, he started here sort of as a commie chef and started talking to the owners about changing it up a bit but keeping that sort of steak and sort of humble fare going through and ended up owning the place in, yeah, 99. Yeah, and um, kept Pepe on as Pepe used to come in just once a week for the Monday steak night, which was still running and he would do nothing but stand in one spot and sort of uh, do 
it's Anderson's, and that was about it. And huge character that uh, very staunch in what he was and wasn't going to do, but um, he's still going actually. And yeah, kept, still to this day, we've got the Monday stakes, still doing awesome stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. So it'd be pretty fair to say that the vineyard is one of the uh, original homes of barbecue in, in oh, Melbourne. Absolutely. Like up there with, um, uh, with Zars, I think it is, and a few of the famous steakhouses are still doing it. And, yeah. We like to keep it going. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I'm actually from the Gold Coast. Ooh, and uh, Sorry. I'm, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely a lot more uh, culture and fashion happening down here than there is up there. Well, we don't uh, like gold handbags as much. No, 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 no. But I was, uh, I was just sort of impressed with the strip here. You've got Luna Park just next door here. Yeah. You've got the, yeah, the uh, vineyard right here, and all the, the strip of shops and things going down there. Absolutely, it's um, very iconic in Melbourne that we have you know, those sort of outcrops of famous streets: Brunswick Street and uh, Smith Street and Ackland Street, Victoria Street up here, and all very uh, different unto themselves. But yeah, it's awesome to be part of it. Yeah. You've had a chance now to meet all the teams out there. Have you got a pick as who's going to win yet? Being fair, um, it'll be whoever pays me the most. Really. <laughs> <laughs> the little red envelope under the table. Well, that's it, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'll have to go <laughs> up and count them and make sure everyone's, you know, everyone gets a fair, fair go to private. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't want to be untoward. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. No, we- We'll edit it. Don't worry. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. So I, I just want to say thank you then for, for yeah. having us here today um, at your venue to, yeah. ha- to have this event. Hopefully we can do it again. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that the people that we're here to support today, the Soldier On charity, is yeah. also very appreciative of your efforts to help them out as well. Oh, always. No worries. Thanks very much, Cheers. Adam. Thank you. G'day, Brenton. Hi, Ben. How's it going, mate? Very well. How are you? Good, mate. Good. So, are you enjoying this uh, lovely, overcast, rainy, cold, windy day today? I'm not going to lie. I think um, we could have been a little bit luckier. Yesterday it was cracking, but um, at least it's warm. Mate, I flew down from the Gold Coast yesterday, and it was warmer here in Melbourne than it was up on the Gold Coast. Well, yeah. I th- the last um, barbecue competition we did was in Hobart, and it was 28 degrees and sunny, blue skies. So, 28 degrees in Hobart? Mm. Nice. I know. I couldn't believe it. Nice. Uh, so I'm, I'm talking to you today because you've uh, brought the wood for this competition today. Yep. And uh, so I thought we'd have a little bit of a talk about that and find out what makes Misty Gully uh, woods so unique and so perfect for what we're here to do. Sure. Um, well, it was a, it was a uh, real pleasure to supply the wood for the comp. Um, we have Australia's largest range of smoky woods for the low and slow uh, American barbecue cooking um, scene. We have um, I think 25 or 26 different species at the moment which we either import directly from the States or we source from various suppliers around Australia. Um, I guess our big focus as a, as a business is to make sure that we're sourcing from the finest suppliers and our focus is quality. Um, so I think when, when we get the chance to to showcase our woods at a competition like this, it's really great because we're proud of our product and and yeah, I think it, it, it yields really good results too. So yeah, lovely. You mentioned before twenty five or twenty six different variations of yeah. of wood. Can you tell us a bit about what you've brought for the teams today? So in front of us here, these are just some pecan logs, um, and yeah, I mean. The, the, the nice thing about those is just the size 
Um, they're sort of perfect for a, for an offset and a, sort of a larger, slower smouldering smoke. But um, yeah, we have 25 species, as I said. <laughs> Pretty much anything that you're looking to achieve, we'll be able to we'll be able to hook you up with a species that that will deliver those results. So a lot of our stuff um, comes from the states, as I said. We're I think maybe the only company in Australia that gets our hands on some of these woods and in the sizes that we get them in because we don't just do chunks, we also do chips, dust, uh, logs, all these kinds of things. Um, so yeah, and with our network in Australia, we also just have access to some pretty unique um, natural hardwoods um, that are found only in Australia from either um, like far north WA or even down in Tassie. We've got um, a number of wineries that that um, we get access to all their old wine barrels and shavings and stuff. So you know, nice. we've got a we've got a really nice variety of woods, and yeah, we're really proud of our product. So, what makes the pecan so special? Does it give a particular flavour to the meat? Pecan or? is very similar to a hickory, so it's just a classic smoking wood. But the main difference between pecan and hickory, I guess, is it's just a little less spicy, and some of those nutty characteristics come through on a smoke. So, with hickory, it's a classic, but um, I guess pecan just provides you with a chance to let your other flavours come through um, while still having that classic barbecue smoky flavour. Sounds perfect to me. Now, I've heard that there's a big uh, big craze at the moment for pecan-fed pork. If I took some pecan-fed pork and then smoked it with some beautiful pecan logs, would that be too much pecan? I don't know. I guess if you like pecan, there's probably no such thing. <laughs> but you could just go and eat some pecans, I guess. Um, yeah, look, that sounds great. I know that um, there's a big, actually a big movement in Japan about feeding um, their kuroboda pork purely fruit for their entire lives and then cooking them up like like a pear kuroboda pork or something like that. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm sure it probably works with pecan as well. Well, I'm going to have to take that as a personal challenge now and go home and experiment, I think. Yeah, or just eat some pecan. So, are you actually based in Victoria? Yeah, so we're based in Reservoir in the northern suburbs. Um, We do ship everywhere in Australia. um, One of the biggest challenges in the business is just managing logistics in a massive place like Australia, but also, you know, managing shipments that come in from the States and... um, we also manufacture and, and um, distribute a bunch of products that come in from China as well. None of them are wood products, but we also distribute bar- um, some smokers and um, barbecue accessories and those kind of things. So, yeah, logistics is a big part of it, but we're based just in Reservoir right off the Ring Road, and so it's a pretty good spot. And generally, we get all our orders out within 24 hours. So, yeah. In 24 hours, that's, that's fantastic. So you're kind of a bit of a one-stop shop then, if you can actually buy the smoker and the fuel and the gadgets. And Abs- absolutely. So we've got an online retail store called smokedandcured.com.au and as the name suggests, we have pretty much everything you need to um, to smoke and cure our meat. So if it's low and slow in American barbecue that you're into, we've got the smokers, we've got the woods, we've got all the rubs and seasonings and accessories you might need. But another big part of our business is also... Um, the curing of meat, so people who are interested in preparing their own charcuterie and also like their own salami making, sausage making, that kind of thing. So nice. Which smoking comes into as well because you can obviously smoke your charcuterie and smoke your sausages and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, they're the two core parts of the business. Lovely. Mm. 
just before, you said that you have logs, logs, chunks, and sawdust. Yep. To the uninitiated who may be listening, could you tell us the difference in uses of those three, ty- uh, three forms of the same wood? Yeah, sure. And I guess the other one is chips as well. So basically, like, it all just comes down to burn time, really, and the kind of appliance that you're going to be using to, to smoke. So the bigger the cut of wood, the longer, the slower it's going to, um, uh, slower it's slower it's going to burn, and um, the longer the smoke you're going to get. When you're using something like dust, for example, um, you can use like a, a polyscience gun and generate smoke very quickly. Uh, it burns at a relatively lower temperature and you get very instant smoke. You're not going to get a lot of it. Um, when you move up to chips, chips can be great because um, you can either feed them directly into a smoker um, yourself or if you're cooking with charcoal, you can just sprinkle a few over the top. They burn very quickly and you get that instant smoke. So if you only want to hit something to smoke for an hour or so, it can be good. Chunks and logs, perfect for an offset or that longer, slower cook where you're looking for more of a smoldering release of smoke. Awesome. And one thing I've heard a lot of people debating about is the merits of soaking chips and chunks before putting them on the fire. Where do you stand on, on soaking them? I soak mine. Um, that's just because I like to introduce another another flavour if I can. Yep. So depending on what I'm cooking, um, I've, soaked, I've soaked my chips and everything from uh, Dr Pepper through to just water. Um, it really, oh, wow. Yeah, it didn't go so well, actually. But oh, yeah, no, I mean, no you, good? You can, okay. you can, Sorry, you, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> you, you, can, you can soak them in pretty much everything. Like We recommend apple juice, apple cider vinegar. Um, yeah, any kind of juice, actually. We like wine, beer, um, peach chips with gold nail is a winning combo we found. Oh, yeah? yeah. But, yeah, it, all that soaking your chips really achieves is just a slower, a slower burn, so mm. the smoke lasts a little bit longer. Um, and you get the added benefit of um, just, yeah, more subtle aromas and flavours. So, yeah. I've seen some people um, soaking their chips in whiskey. Have you ever tried that? Yeah, we are, and we sell a bourbon-soaked whiskey. Oh, um, there you go. Chip, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. The thing about whiskey chips is you just get this lovely um, undertone of alcohol, I guess. Um, when you meet. It's only subtle, but it definitely it's there. And it's, um, I don't know if you're a whiskey fan, it's definitely a good thing. Yeah, coffee soaked is the other one. That's um, interesting. That's worth a crack. Okay, mm. I'm definitely gonna have to give that a go. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time today, no and thank you for bringing along the wood for this uh, little barbecue competition. Our pleasure. And I'm sure that uh, the charity that we're supporting, Soldier On, is going to be really appreciative of of your help in this event. No worries. A real pleasure. You're listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott. Joining me on the couch this afternoon, I've got Linda and Chloe from Pits Perfect. How are you doing today, ladies? Good, how are you, Ben? I'm fantastic. Now, I understand you've travelled all the way down from the Blue Mountains. We have, yep. That's, that, that's quite a trip. What, what, what's drawn you to Melbourne? This, of course, the um, rib-off. So, yeah, um, it was a long drive, though. It took us, so we drove about eight hours yesterday and about another three hours today. So 11 yeah, hours? Yeah, about that. Yeah, we drove to Benalla last night where we have some family, so... Um, stay there in a nice warm bed, which we probably won't be doing for a couple of other nights. But yeah, no, yeah, I think it's going to be yeah. uh, it's, it's going to be quite cool. The, yeah, uh, yeah, it's um, Melbourne weather. I keep getting told. So coming from the Blue Mountains, though, you'd, you'd be pretty used to, uh, to to cool weather, wouldn't you? Well, we're sort of only twenty minutes up the mountain, so we're not so bad. We're quite temperate where we are, but um, 
we don't get the snow, which is good because I can't deal with that sort of weather. Even this sort of weather is killing me. So, yeah, hey, I'm yeah. I'm from the Gold Coast, so oh, I'm I'm dying. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I I yeah. I thought I'd be very clever last night yeah. and air my jeans out on the balcony. <laughs> And of course, it poured rain all night, yeah. so I'm I'm stuck wearing shorts today, yeah. and I'm so cold. I can't <laughs> even tell you. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Mm. So, how's the competition treating you today? Good, actually. Um, I've never used one of these smokers before, and it's keeping its heat really well. So, I'm, it's almost like cheating. I'm not really doing a whole lot. It's just looking after itself. And I think I might have put my ribs on a little bit early, but we've taken the temperature right now. Now, so. We'll see how it goes in the end. I can see a lot of the teams doing some really technical stuff and we're just sticking to what we usually do. So whatever happens, happens, I guess. And it's all about hopefully they're not falling off the bone too much when we pull them out. So, Tell me more about your, your rib method. How do you uh, go about it? Um, well, we used to do the three, two, one, but um, we won- our first ever comp we were in last year, we, um, we came first in ribs. And looking back, I don't think they were the greatest ribs. I just think that the judges might have been – a little bit easy. I, I don't know. Today, having actual teams, judges, is going to make a big difference. So you can't get away with it being too overcooked and um, it's going to have to be spot on. So we've taken it down today to about two and a half um, unwrapped. We're going to do about, I think we did, we're going to do about an hour and a half wrapped and then we'll just see how long it takes to get the nice glaze on top. Hopefully, it'll pull out at about uh, five past six, which I think when we're turning in. So mm. hopefully, it all works. But we'll see how it goes soon. There's a lot of things that this particular competition is turning on its head yeah. in terms of the way competitions are usually done. And yep. one of them is having, as you said, competitors as the judges. Do you yep. think, what do you think that's going to add to the uh, to the competition? I think it's great because I find with competitions it's really difficult, depending on where the competition is, if your judges actually know barbecue or if they just, you know, they went to a restaurant where they had ribs that are totally different to what our ribs should be compared to having people who actually know what they should be like. No matter how many times they tell a, a judge, this is what your ribs should be like, they're still going to go with what they like. So I think these guys are actually going to know what it's going to be like so there's not going to be much room for error. So it's, um, I think it's really – and I think everybody having the same barbecue, the same wood, the same charcoal, the same meat is amazing because it's getting really hard to compete with some of the teams who have a lot of money – and are getting the really good slabs of meat that not all teams can get, and that makes a massive difference. So I think it's good everybody's on an even keel, so I think it's a really good idea. The uh, the level playing field is is definitely uh, refreshing. Yeah, it is, mm. definitely. And, I mean, it's still it's still interesting to see. I'm not trying to watch what the other teams are doing, but everybody's still got their own way they do everything. So it's even though we've all got the same stuff, everybody's doing things totally differently. So We're all trying to watch what everyone's doing. It's okay. You, <laughs> you, you, you can admit it. We're all... <laughs> We're all standing yeah. there going, "Yeah, that's what, right. what's happening over there? Am I doing the right thing? Am what, I doing it? Yeah. What, what do you think's in that rub? Can you <laughs> just exactly just right. reach out and pinch a bit? Uh, that's exactly it. I think we're all doing that. Oh, I, I wouldn't worry about that at all. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So we're, we're cooking on, uh, on clean heat yep. uh, fuels today. Yep. Is that uh, similar or different to what you usually cook on? Um, I have been cooking on clean heat for a while, so um, I love it. It's really clean. It's I noticed a difference between using that and other brands when you've got it in your chimney. Um, there was just no smell. Um, so it's just really clean and I find they, they don't burn too hot. Um, so it keeps – well, I usually use Weber's, so it keeps the um, temperature really level, which is good. I, I think they're a great product. They're really good. So. That was one of the other questions that, yeah. uh, that I was going to ask was yeah. um, you were talking about uh, being reasonably uh, new to these offsets here. Yeah. Do you, do you usually cook on an offset or do you I usually have, cook on the Weber? I have just a little 
cheap park at home, which was my, my first introduction to offsets. Um, now I've just bought a new one from Hog Pit Smokers. We call her Fat Amy. She's big and purple and yellow and um, it's a big reverse flow. So we used her at uh, Wollongong last weekend. Didn't go very well, but um, it, that was not the smoker's fault. <laughs> that was totally my fault. Um, and it's so it's interesting. Like I found with the Webbers, I have a lot of trouble keeping the temperature constant. Um, and I sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I've got the vents a little bit wrong. They it just goes up and down. Again, I felt like I was cheating. It was so easy. I put in a piece of wood, and then I'm I'm twiddling my thumbs. I've got nothing to do. <laughs> and I find with just Flipping the chimney open or closed is like, I keep saying everybody, it's like turning a knob on the oven. It just makes such a big difference. I know a lot of folks have said they don't find it makes a big difference, but I really think it does. And so you don't have to keep messing with the vent by the fire so much to get the vent, uh, sorry, to get the heat in the um, chamber where you want it to be. So I find that it suits me. It's really good. Can't complain about any of it. So good to hear. I just got to get the flavors and the texture right and it'll be good. But yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a constant battle. <laughs> So something else that this competition is, is yep. doing that's a bit different is an actual cash prize at yep. the end of the uh, at the end of the night. That's amazing. Have you got plans for what you can do with that cash? Oh, that's just recouping what we've spent over the last week. <laughs> um, so it's just going to go straight it, to the credit card. That's it. It, we have a magic money account that just keeps on feeding money into the credit card. That's nearly finished. So um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's been an expensive couple of weeks. We've had a few comps. We had to go up to Queensland to pick up the smoker. Um, so that would just be really helpful to go in the kitty for hopefully next time we need bits and pieces for, it's an ex, as you know, it's an expensive hobby. So it it's is. just going straight back into the credit card to, to go to more, buy more meat and do more things like that. So, yeah. I'm, I'm much the same. <laughs> I, run, I run my household budget much the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're currently ranked number three in Australia for ribs. You've got the third highest score in 2016 yep. for ribs. Yep. Who's your biggest competition out there today? Well, I know Lucas was the rib king. Um, was. Was well, the rib I king. I, I, I don't even know anymore because we've gone so bad in ribs lately. Um, I, I think every team, not just the teams that are here, but there's some amazing teams that come up. And I think it's so subjective, this sport, I guess we call it. It's um, You can do great one. Basically what I do is the same. When we won first, we didn't change a whole lot. But then like last comp we came 10th or something. So... We can't seem to get where we were before doing pretty much the same thing. So it's any team's game any any time, I guess. So, I mean, yeah, it's – I don't know. I think every team's great. You know, it just depends who's – everything's got to go for, right for you on the day, I think. So when it does, you're up there, and when it doesn't, forget about it. So We mentioned before about um, uh, how it can be difficult for smaller teams to compete against yeah. larger teams. Yeah. I think that is one of the – uh, leveling factors in competitive yep. barbecue yep. is that a lot of it does come down to which table of judges you get on the day. Definitely. Do you try and modify your flavor profiles depending on where you're competing? I'm trying. That's what I've been noticing. We've done. I mean, I think obviously where you are is going to make a big difference. The first competition where we did win ribs, we were in the country where I think it was just a lot of local blokes came out and wanted to taste barbecue. Um, when you're in a an area like this, I like I said with judges who are actually competitors you've got to be a little bit more spot on I think so definitely um if you're in the country I wouldn't try using too many crazy flavors for lamb they want just you know Sunday roast sort of flavors so 
but getting that is isn't that easy either because I've never cooked a Sunday roast. You know, that used to mum used to make that in the oven. So it's um yeah, definitely trying to do what you think the judges will. I think it's a massive part, and I'm still learning. I try to take that into consideration, but it's um it's tough to do. So yeah. Now, one of the things that that you do that uh, is a bit different to some other teams is you actually run a website. I understand. Can you tell yeah. us a bit about that? Yeah, um, we. It's fairly new. It's um, kidsperfectbarbecue.com. Um, we do blogs on there. I've been a bit lazy lately because we've been really busy, but I try and um, just let people know about what we've been up to, um, any good recipes I come up with, just trying to get the barbecue out there because it's such a new thing in Australia. Um, and it's interesting the amount of interest we are getting in it is really good. Like just for, for just a new team, this is only our – I think our first competition was October last year, so – we're still learning I and mean, we've got a bunch of followers on Facebook and I think it doesn't get you anywhere except just getting the word out there and I think that's sharing how good barbecue is with everybody else and getting them on board. And that's why when we're at comps, I know a lot of teams aren't too keen on talking to the people but I think it's great. Like we, And they've got so many questions, they just want to understand how it all works and what it all is and I love telling them and explaining it to them. So yeah. I think it's important. Whenever I'm competing, I always love setting up my prep table at the front of the site yeah. so I can so I can actually stand yeah. there and talk and yeah. show. And the only problem I had with that is that when you're just in the middle of plating up your turning box and, what are you doing, what are you doing? Everybody's asking questions, so you've got to sort of just give me a second and then get on with what you're doing. But, I actually yeah. found as I was preparing the meat for the yeah. turn-in box, yeah. I'd turn around to get something and someone had nicked something off, <laughs> off the <laughs> See, table. That's always a problem too. Yeah. <laughs> they do that. Now, you mentioned Facebook before. Can yep. you give us a rundown of where people can find you on social media? Yeah, I think on Facebook we're just Pits Perfect, I think, from memory. We're also on Instagram, so we're Pits underscore Perfect underscore Barbecue, I think, but if you search it, you'll find it. And, um, yeah, we I try to keep right up on the socials. Again, we you know, nine to five job and all the other stuff that we've all got, it's hard to keep keep on top of it. But yeah. You've, you've got a teenager that you can delegate the social media work to. They yeah. uh that's all second nature to the teenagers. Yeah, well, so. She's only eleven, but yeah, she's getting there. She's she's our um photographer for this weekend. Oh so excellent. For today she's been taking heaps of photos of our four. I look yeah. forward to seeing them on, yeah, on the yeah, socials. Yeah, yeah, they'll go there, definitely. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for joining me on the on the no couch worries. today. It's been yep. great to to meet you and have a catch up and to meet your daughter. And yep. I love seeing families that, uh, yep. that uh, have barbecue that, that compete too, together. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks sure. so much. Awesome, thank you. Okay, folks, I'm here now with Shane and Lucas from Roland Smoke Barbecue, one of the wild card entries at the Rib Off today. Welcome, gentlemen. And exactly how wild are you being today? We are sensible. Yeah. Game faces are on. I've hit like three coffees. Yeah. I think I've had an orange juice. Yeah, I'm wired. <laughs> so you're keeping it under control pretty well? Generally, yes. Yep, yeah, it's all going well. And you're from Sydney, right? I'm from Sydney and Shane's from Melbourne. Right. So how are you liking this, uh, this beautiful Melbourne weather? Um, it's... it's Pretty average, typical Melbourne weather, I think. It's raining, it's overcast, and it's windy. But it's not hot. It's nice and cool. More importantly, how is the rain affecting your cooking today? Um, I have to say, with the manhorn, it's not at all, which is kind of (laughs) good. It's shooting along. (laughs) So it's holding temperature well despite the rain and the cold weather? Um, It is sitting steady at 234, according to my smoke. Sounds pretty perfect to me. <laughs> Sorry, 233 now. You've jinxed me. 
So we're in a very unique kind of competition today. Everybody's cooking on approximately the same smoker. I've been corrected. Yep. Approximately the same smoker, same fuels, ribs from the same source. Have you ever cooked in a competition like this before, and how, do, how are you finding it? Uh, well, I haven't, no. I'm the only one, I suppose, similar to this is maybe when Grant from Wingham gave us the state challenge to do. Other than that, no. So this is the first time? Mm, yep. 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 And are you enjoying the format? Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's chilled out, relaxed, and yeah. yeah very, very. Everyone's running to the same timeline, so, you know. So it's a nice level playing field. Uh, ribs take however long they take to cook. You're all cooking on the same thing, so. Speaking mm. of the ribs, what, yeah. is, uh, what method are you using for cooking your ribs today? Uh, they're cooking. <laughs> Just the usual rib cook. Smoke them till they're done. <laughs> so are you a, like a, a hot four-hour cook or are you a lower three-two-one cook? Um, we are very much hot and fast until currently we've had to slow them right down because they are cooked. And oh. we still have... Two and a half hours till turning. So you guys are done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Yes. Right. Yeah. What are you bringing today in terms of uh, rubs and sauces? Uh, a bit of bit, bit, bit of secret blend of yeah. old mates over here. Um, pretty much identical to what was winning last year. Speaking of which, I understand you are the rib king. No, that only lasts for a year, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, you get beaten badly. Yeah. yeah. So you've you've been knocked off. Yeah, definitely. So there's a little bit of uh, pride to be regained at this competition here today. Ah, uh, we're quietly confident. Well, I am. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm always confident. Quiet. When are you two ever quiet? Uh, always. <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah. So who do you reckon is the biggest uh, the biggest threat to you out there today? Saffron. Saffron. <laughs> Saffron. She, she beat our asses hard last year, and I'm pretty confident she'll try and do it again this year. She's, she cooks in the States. She cooks here. Like she's experienced heaps more than what we have. So Definitely. She reminds me of like a little barbecue samurai. She's very, <laughs> oh. she's very quiet and polite, it's, it's and the, then just slaughters every barbecue ninja. I like it's that. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the quiet achiever just sits back, chills out, and flogs everyone. And then we just wallops everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's no secrets. Mm. <laughs> now, one of the things that we're cooking on today is uh, pecan. How are you finding the, the pecan in the smokers today? Um, pecan's pretty common. I use a lot of it anyway. So it's, um, it's pretty standard for me. What do you like about it? I like the smell of it. Uh, I'm sure somehow, somewhere, it puts a nice flavour on the meat as well. But I like the smell of it. So the smell of it as it's as it's cooking, or yeah, the smell of the cooking. meat when it's done. Uh, the smell of the pecan cooking. Right. The smell of the smoke. You can definitely smell the difference between the pecan and the apple when the smoke next to it. So. Yeah, that smoke next to us has like got some dirty apple wood in it or something. It's nasty. It's a rub, rub and grub. I think they call them. <laughs> A little bit of trash talk there. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Something that I've uh, been asking people about is in the preparation of the ribs, actually adding a layer between the meat and the rub. Do you use mustard or anything like that? Um, uh, to- no, no. Rub straight onto the meat. Okay, and you just find that the moisture of the of the meat holds the, the rub on well enough? Uh, with the rub that we use, it's, it tends to make the meat sweat quite a lot, so... It sticks pretty well. Sounds perfect. 
Now, there's a cash prize at the end of this today. Do you have plans on what you're going to spend the uh, the cash on? Uh, yes, when I when we when we beat everyone, not me. Sorry, I'm just used to being me. Sorry, um, we're going to go pay the parking fines with it. Someone didn't move his car. <laughs> Ouch. Yes. Thank you, Melbourne City Council. Over, I think we'll just give to Shane. Yeah. Yeah, give to Shane. Yeah. Pay for Shane's flight up to Sydney next <laughs> week. Score. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Well, thanks for dropping by, lads. No, it's, it's a uh, pleasure. It's good to catch up with you again. Thanks for having us. Great. Have a good day. Have a good work. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Sitting here with me now, I've got uh, Jonathan, Al, and Boomer from Full Metal Kettle. How's it uh, treating you today, lads? Yeah, it's not so bad so far. A little bit of rain, uh, undercover, running smooth so far. We'll find out a couple of hours how everything went. I think we've got, what, about two hours left now, don't we? Yeah, a couple of hours. Um, it's all been cruising pretty good so far. Um, meat's wrapped and just waiting on now. Interesting. So that leads me into one of my uh, first questions. What method are you using on your pork ribs today? If, if you're wrapping now with two hours to go, I'm assuming you must be trying a three, two, one. Very similar. Uh, it's uh, somewhere based around there, and we'll we'll have a little feel. That's. Uh, um, Take always a, a good rule of thumb, but uh, it, depending on the size of the, the rack, you know, you may need to make some alterations. So, you know, today we just sort of had the lucky dip of the pork ribs and we're able to, you know, just kind of take what we have and, and adjust on the fly. That's uh, some, some good advice right there. <laughs> yeah. So now you are uh, the hot favorite to win this today, being that you are 2016's <laughs> Number one uh, team for we got pork lucky. ribs. Lucky. Oh, lucky. Better be lucky than good. You got lucky. Well, it was our uh-huh. first, the first comp, so it was a bit of, you know, we sort of thought we no. knew what we were doing, but our first comp, so I don't know. And we're lucky to have judges that didn't mind taking bribes, so it's all good. <laughs> You're not the first team to mention that today. I think I'm going to have to do a little bit of investigative reporting into this, so uh, I just uh, see what. It's just how to get it done. It's just, just gets it done. The little red envelopes under the table. Underneath the parsley. Underneath the parsley, right. Okay. So, wh- whereabouts are you based? <laughs> uh, Furniture Gully, southeast suburbs of Melbourne. That's where all Melbourne based. Um, I'm currently over in Qatar of all places, and I'm here doing a pork comp. It's fantastic. Yeah, uh, Coburg, so not too far away. You Coburg represent? Cameraman's <laughs> Coburg. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you doing in, in Qatar? Uh, wife's job. Took us over there. So, short stint, probably two years. So, you're a kept man, and you get to just come and play barbecue? Currently. It's, it's temporary. Oh, I'm so yeah. jealous right so, now. Someone, someone's going to make all our sauces. Oh, right. That's right. I see. Right. So, how are you finding the, the competition? Because this is a bit of a unique format in that everyone's on basically roughly approximately standardized uh, smokers. Yeah, we were actually just talking about it over lunch that it's kind of fun. That's... Everybody's got the same product, the same time, same process pretty much going on, and now it just comes down to execution. It's cruisy, real cruisy, really. Just no other hand-ins to worry about. It's it's great. And no cleanup at the end of the day. So (laughs) Even better. Now, given that your name's Full Metal Kettle, I take it that you usually cook on kettle. So have you had to adjust your technique much to cook on the offsets here today? Um. Well, we've all got kettles. I've got an offset at home. But to be honest, most of it's just same practice, really. Temperature, the meat, and just 
adapt a little bit, but uh, I think it's fairly straightforward. Like I say, everything's about fire management. Yeah. doesn't matter what you're cooking on. Keep the fire right. It'll be all right. It's just cooking at the end of the day, really. So it's, um, you know, depending on a lot of people can get quite, I guess, caught up on needs to be a specific type of cooker, a specific type of smoker. Um, but really, it's just going to matter what sort of meat. We really like to focus on the flavors. Um, and as long as our fire is burning, you know, we'll make it work. I just want to hark back to something that, that you mentioned before about fire management. Do you have any tips for, uh, for people on fire management today? Uh, for myself, I, I like to run a hotter fire. Yep. Hotter fire is a cleaner fire. Uh, it's the colder it's going to get, the more white smoke you're going to get. It's going to get bitter. Not what you want. So do you cook around like 300 then? or uh, I like to push up 300, give or take 15, 20. Okay, so you might even go higher, like yeah. three. No yeah, problem. Depends, yeah. Depends on the protein as well. So certain types of meat will take higher heats better than others. Uh, for example, pork's generally pretty forgiving. You can really push those uh, temperatures, whereas uh, with beef, particularly a leaner piece of beef, uh, you really sort of want to be careful once you start pushing those temperatures high. But, um, but you know, 275 plus is pretty good for just about anything. Yeah. Very nice. Different horses, different courses. <laughs> Everybody's got their own method. So what would you recommend for cooking horses? <laughs> no, sorry, horse. sorry, sorry. Cherry. It's got to be cherry. Horses oh. <laughs> quite lean, so 225 probably. And yeah. it, it, it would be quite a lean meat, it's I think, very actually. Lean. I've, I've actually Treated like venison? Oh, you have? I have eaten it, yeah. I ate it in Scandinavia. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was it good? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it was horrible. I'm sorry, Scandinavia. <laughs> he, he does not speak for all of us. So... <laughs> So what, uh, what type of flavors are you bringing today? Given that you're a, a Melbourne-based team competing in Melbourne, have you got what you consider to be a southern flavor profile that you're bringing today? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's anything paying homage to Melbourne. Um, uh, we, we're going to mix really? it up. and Did come you up say it's just good? <laughs> yeah, mixed a f- balance, really. Mi- yeah. Mixed a few things up. Yeah, come balance. up with a good combo that we think works. Yeah, you got to think of just, I mean, for any type of food, not just barbecue, you got you want balance. So if you've got sweet, you want to balance that off with a little bit of heat, a little bit of acid, and just kind of, you know, find a place in the middle. So we, we think we've got a pretty balanced flavor profile, and we really try and just focus on that. What do you think about regional profiles? Do you think that, that Australia is going to start to develop uh, regional profiles like uh, the States has, or do you think we're... I think it already has to a degree. It's in the beginnings. You know, you got uh, we cook a lot more lamb here, obviously, than they do in the U.S. And uh, lamb's got a very distinctive flavour, and it actually lends itself to a very earthy kind of, um, you know, that heavy rosemary sort of flavour profile. And I, I tend to associate that with Australia. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Do you think though that we'll see a difference between, say, Victorian barbecue and Queensland barbecue? I don't think so. No. Uh, it's, I think it's too late in the game. Um, it's all been done before in the States, so they kind of have the heritage in the certain areas that have mustard, have vinegar, have tomato, whereas Australia is, you know, quite a few years behind that, and everybody knows what they like and works. There's no nothing really innovative coming out of Queensland, I would say, that's different than Melbourne. I mean, we're just really replicating a lot of it. With obviously, you facing it off, a lot of what we see or... Um, read about so I suppose a lot of it's just trying to emulate or rep- replicate what has already been done before um, and it comes down to what we like yeah, everybody will put their little yeah. twist maybe Queensland will go citrus who knows 
I like to put a little bit of pineapple in my stuff just yeah, to uh, yeah, nice. just to try and make it a little bit uh, unique. Yeah, pineapple and pork. Can't exactly, exactly. Pineapple pork ribs, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Well, I just want to say thank you for joining us today, uh, gentlemen. It's um, it's been great to have you. No, All thank right. you, Bruce. Thank, thank you. Thanks. This is Bretto from the Flaming Mongrels, and you're listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions. With me now on the couch is Kyle and Paul from Rub and Grub in South Australia. How are you doing today, lads? Not too bad. Not too bad. Bit, uh, you know, bit underdone with the weather here, but uh, apart from that, it's a good day. I know. It's. Uh, I, I flew down from the Gold Coast yesterday, and I was surprised that it was actually warmer down here than it was up there. Jeez. And now today, it's been pouring rain all day. So uh, I guess the uh, stereotypes about Melbourne are true. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so how was the trip over from South Australia? Yeah, it's not too bad. So. Uh, we we, uh, we went up to uh, New South Wales um, and then come down through Canberra. So we've been on the road for uh, close to a week and a half now. Right. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of days in Melbourne. But, yeah, it's been a good trip, you know. It's, yeah, no issues. Loving it. It's good. just good. It's a good thing with these sort of, you know, things you, you get to travel around, especially coming from South Australia, so... Is it always nice to get out of South Australia? Oh, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I think we just made a whole lot of people very angry. Uh, we, we, you know, they love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So was that part of like a barbecue tour? Were you going around to a bunch of different things or was it like a holiday to get here? Or uh, No, it was just another – we had another comp um, that we had to go to. So, we, yeah, did that, come down to here. Obviously, got the rib off. And, yeah, we thought when we – because we are traveling to South Australia, we want to – when we do it, we always try and pick a couple of comps and – just get into it and make you know make make it worthwhile. Get so. some get some bang for your buck. Exactly, exactly. Or some or some burn for your buck, as I like to say yes, in the in yeah, barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're currently ranked the number two team for pork ribs uh, in Australia. So what is your secret? What's your trick to pork ribs? Oh, I suppose it's just uh, with us, it's consistency. I think we've changed one thing from the day we started doing it at competitions. Um, just yeah, rounding off a few of the uh, the flavour profiles. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Just keep going and just change minute changes. So it's yeah. I suppose and, and look, you know, there's a team of three, but now we've got Paul coming in as a rock star shift. So he's helping out a little bit, and it's just I suppose it's getting everyone's input. That's, that's that's the thing as well. So not just giving one person the job. You want you know the more the more the more uh, people looking at it, the, the better idea you've got of how you're cooking. So. So do you divvy up responsibilities for proteins then? So is Paul the brisket guy and you're the chicken guy? Or? Yeah, we do. We've got so John's more the brisket guy. He's he, he's a brisket whisperer. He loves his brisket. Uh, Paul's done a couple of practice cooks with us. He's I suppose he's the he's the uh, apprentice chicken skin scraper at the moment. Oh, so, starting uh, at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, chicken's my thing. It's one of those I hate it, but I love it. I love the end results. Um, and then, yeah, the rest, uh, I suppose, Dylan's pretty good on the, the lamb, and, yeah, the rest was just split, so. Fantastic. And uh, it's a very interesting format for this competition today. We've got everybody on approximately the same smoker, using the same fuels from Clean Heat, and the same woods from Misty Gully, and the same meats from all, uh, all from the same supplier there. How are you liking this, this new style of, uh, of competition? Yeah, I suppose for us, you know, coming from SA, like Clean Heat is the go-to charcoal for us. Oh, of course. As you know, yeah. in SA, so, you know, Paul buys it by the pallet, you know, so yeah, it's good stuff. And uh, the manhorns, they're great, great, great rigs, you know, they're built well, they're reverse flows, so we're reverse flow, you know, 
we we love we love them. Um, and yeah, the boys are yeah seem to be pumping through. So I think it's a it's a fair game. I think it's you know we don't run charcoal. We normally just burn sticks. There's some of the guys out there use charcoal a bit. So I think it's and we're all on even terms. I'd say. Right. So have you had to change your game at all? Uh, because of the weather or because of the fuels and all that? Is I'd say not so much the weather because they are like five mil, six mil still, even if the rain hits these uh, these offsets, it's still going to hold temp. Um, and, yeah, the wind, maybe, that's it's pretty enclosed. Um, but, yeah, it is because we normally just burn sticks and don't use charcoal. It's sort of that heat management is a bit new to us, trying to, you know, what, do we add more charcoal or do we get clean out the ash or when to add the wood, chip, you know, and stuff. So it is a bit of a learning curve, but, hey, it's, it's all fun and games. You, you, this, this is where you learn stuff, so... So, are you saying that you don't usually cook? No, you did say that you cook on a reverse flow offset. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. So yeah. you're not you're not having to try and learn to use the no, the no, offset in no, one go today. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. I see. I see. I was talking to someone else who usually cooks on kettles and yeah, a bit of a difference. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned flavor profiles before. What uh, uh, what do you look for in a flavor profile? Uh, for a pork rib, I suppose it's it's got to have a you know a bunch of spice, especially for competition stuff. You know, they just have one little bite, so you want to make it full flavor initially. Um, so, yeah, heavy on the dry rub, and uh, we tend to go for a bit of a sweet sweet, fro- sweet uh, flavor profile. So, Do you steer away from the spicy end, or do you... Uh... Yeah, not so much on the... Uh, not so much on the spicy end, like hot backyard stuff. I'm all for spicy stuff. I'm a massive chili head. Uh, but for comp stuff, you know, you get one you get one judge on the table who doesn't like spice, you're going to get marked low, so... Yeah, we try not to over-spice things. So you got to try and play it down the middle. Yeah, yeah. Right. And something I've uh, seen some people doing today was applying mustard to the ribs before the before the rub. Are you a mustard team or non-mustard team? We are. Um, it's you know it's just it's just an easy thing to make the rub stick. So it's you know people use oil, people use mustard. In the end, you don't really taste the mustard. Some people say they do, but I've never been able to taste the mustard in the finished result. So yeah, we are mustard guys. I don't think it really makes a difference. It just just helps the rub stick to the the protein. I must admit, I haven't noticed that my I haven't noticed a difference myself either. So I've actually cut mustard right out of my routine altogether. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to actually cooking the pork rib itself, are you a three two one method kind of team, or do you go hot and fast for four hours and that's it, or how do you uh, approach it? Uh, we tend to be a three two one, but obviously it depends on the cut of meat, how thick, you know, how much meat is actually sticking on the bones. Um, I think these guys, yeah, we've done three two. Uh, I think they're going for three two one. Sometimes it's two two one, depending on yeah how big it is. But yeah, we we tend to stick to that. But it, and also depends on the type of cut. Like if you've got St Louis spares or if you've got baby backs, we find that St Louis cook, you know, two two one's probably a little bit better. Mm. I see. So, who do you think is your biggest competition out there today? Oh, biggest competition. Uh, I don't know. The Bush Kitchen girls are, you know, pretty good. Saw them in Sydney last year, and they, you know, they did really well. So, um, either those or Lucas. You know, he's seen the rib king. So, yeah, we, yeah, keen to see see how that turns out. But well, I understand that's actually ex rib king. I suppose could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining me here on the couch today and, and having a and having a good chat. Before we go, I'll just get you to uh, tell us a little bit about um, the actual rubs that you're using. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the rubs that we're using, it's a uh, just a, a really simple pork rib rub. Um, but we've also got these other rubs that we sell through. We've got Rub and Grub Business. Um, so we also make our craft barbecue seasonings. 
Um, we've kind of got three rubs, uh, four rubs up for grabs at the moment, um, which are available through our website at rubandgrub.com.au. Um, and then we've also got our social media sites where we, you know, we're always putting up pictures and trying to spruik them. Um, so it's Instagram, it's just rum grub, and I think Twitter and Snapchat are rum grub underscore barbecue. So excellent. And is that rub and grub or rub and grub? So it's rub and a and d grub. A and d grub. Yeah. Awesome. And you you ship nationwide. We do, we do ship nationwide, and if there are people over states, you know, overseas, if they want them, we can accommodate that as well. International so, shipping. Yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, I think we're in about 12 or 13 stores in South Australia, but definitely looking to, you know, push the eastern states, so it's good, yeah. Well, thank you for your time today. Yeah, we can be happy to, yeah, help out, so. Great, thanks very much. Cheers, thank you. Okay, so I'm here with uh, Saffron from Bush Kitchen. She's come to us all the way from Seattle, which I guess would make you an international contestant for the rib-off today. So uh, welcome and how are you? Uh, I'm doing great, thanks. Not too much jet lag at all, so let's get this going. Excellent. When did you fly in? I flew in on Wednesday, uh, so I've just been pottering around, getting the lay of the land, looking at meat again, trying to bring myself back up to speed with what's been happening in Australian barbecue uh, since I was here six, seven months ago competing. Right. Yeah, now I understand um, that you are actually the reigning grand champion of Sydney meat stock. So um, uh, that's that's quite the uh, quite the crown to have, and you actually have the nickname of the Rib Queen. Uh, yeah, I do have the, the nickname Rib Queen. Uh, that sort of picked up in about 2012 where uh, I represented Australia at the Jack Daniels, and I actually managed to walk to the stage for ribs at that, so that was pretty exciting. So it was nice to see an international team full stop get up there, and then it was nice to be representing Australia for that. Yeah, the, the Jack Daniels is just about the biggest competition that there is. So how did you get to that? Was that from winning Meatstock? Uh, so I went one Meatstock last year, uh, which gave me uh, some invitationals, uh, like the American Royal. But uh, way back in 2012, uh, there was no team representing Australia in 2011. In 2012 was just when barbecue was starting to sort of hit Australia, like the American-style barbecue. And I'd been competing for about a year or two at that point. Um, I was meant to be in America just for a year or two, and I did it as an opportunity to, to learn a new sort of cuisine. Um, and so then I was like, okay, well, who's the Australian representative? We need an Australian representative. Um, and I did actually have the grand championship that year at another event, which meant I was qualified um, and we couldn't find anyone. So I did that. And then that sort of started since there in Australia's had really good representation. It was like Matt Vitale uh, was the year after who's run, running the Yaks now. And, and everything snowballed from then. About the year after that, the ABA started and now there's teams and there's competitions every weekend and it was really fun to be the start of that. Yeah, definitely. Now, just listening to you, you're, you're obviously a, uh, an Australian native. So yes. are you from Melbourne? Uh, I like to consider myself a nomadic Australian. <laughs> so uh, I was actually born in Tasmania. I did all of my schooling, schooling in South Australia and I've lived in Wollongong, South of Sydney and actually Darwin as well. And uh, I've travelled around pretty much everywhere. Uh, there's only a few places left on my bucket list in Australia. So Love it. So today we're all cooking on well, – n- not we're all cooking, you're all cooking. <laughs> we're all cooking. On uh, identical smokers using identical fuel and as close to identical ribs all from the same supplier. Is that the first time that you've cooked in a competition like that? Actually, yes, it is. And 
what you're saying is not quite correct. It's all the same brand smoker that's out there, so we're all using them, and they're really good, but they all are slightly different sizes and tweaked slightly differently. Oh, okay. So uh, we actually did like a straw drawer. Uh, the, the longest one got to pick the, their smoker and the meat first. I was extremely lucky where I didn't have to make any choices at all because I drew the short straw, so I, it was really easy. I had the last smoker and I had the, the last set of meat, but, you know, it was fine. I think I did all right. Speaking of the meat, I was having a little walk around while people were trimming up their ribs and that, and I noticed that yours were the neatest looking set out there. Do you have any, any, any tips for prepping a set of ribs? Uh, thank you so much to start with. Um, any tips for ribs? Uh, try not to overthink it. Like If you start like taking off too much or you, you start digging really into it, you sort of then are just... You feel like you're in one of those Burton Ernie things from Sesame Street. Like, let me drink a little bit more of your water. No, we're not even. I'll drink some more of this water. And things can, like, get out of control. I like to keep things as, as simple as possible and just clean up the edges, like, really look at anything that's a little bit daggy off the end, but not get too sort of overwhelmed in trying to make it be something that it's not. I, like, accept the meat for what it is and do the best you can with it. Interesting. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. I also noticed that you were using mustard. Why do you put the mustard on the ribs? Okay, so uh, the first step before putting on rubs, I like to put uh, like a, an acidic type lather on it. So yeah, today I used a mustard-based one, but there's a lot of other choices too. You can use like a Worcestershire sauce or something. You just want something to sort of open that meat up a little bit to accept the flavours that are coming to them through the ribs and to sort of help them um, adhere a little bit. There's lots of different methodologies, but that's the one that I was using today. Okay, so it helps the meat to sort of absorb some of the flavour of the rub, of the spices. That's what it says. I don't know if it's a myth or not or if it's real, but it works for me and that's what I do. So, Love it, love it. So uh, how are you going out there today? Um, as good as I normally go. Like uh, It's rainy, it's windy, I'm using a charcoal I haven't used before and a smoker I haven't used before. So I, I have a, a strategy at the moment that I'm running where I'm trying to take it nice and easy at the beginning and not stress too much to make sure that the meat gets a good colour and it doesn't get uh, any strange smoke flavours in there. Uh, and then I like to wrap it at that point, at which point I can sort of, if I'm a little bit behind, I can arc that temperature up without worrying about bad smoke getting into it or anything. Or if it is doing okay, I can just keep plodding along at that same temperature. Um, I think part of the trick uh, doing the types of competitions I do, which is on different smokers in different locations with different meats and different charcoals, which is what I do a lot of, like I'm far more random in my competitions than the average, if there is such a thing as an average barbecuer, um, is to just make sure you have strategies in place and you leave enough time and not to get too concerned to run a very specific program, but sort of to accommodate just what's happening. And hopefully the rain disappears and that will help out a little bit too. Well, my, my last question then before I let you go, when it comes to pork ribs, are you a 321 person or do you follow your own uh, method? Uh, I was taught with a 321, so, but I use that as like a concept foundation. So the first one is getting the smoke into it and getting the right colour. If I get the colour and the smoke I want before three, I stop. If I get to three hours... I need to wrap it anyway because it means I'm going to be falling behind. So then you've got that wrap, which you need to keep an eye on. That's the easiest time to overcook it. And once it's overcooked, you come back. And the, the one for me is what I call the fix-it hour. You know, if it's overcooked, you want to sort of cool it a little bit and sort of 
stop that process. If it's not cooked enough, you like wrap it again and you crank it out. You can source it. You can do a whole bunch of different things in that, that fix it hour and just get it ready for the judges. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for your time today and thank you for coming along to the Rib Off. And I'm sure that the people that we're here to help today, the, the uh, Soldier on Charity for the Return Servicemen, um, I'm sure that they appreciate everything that you're doing for them as well. That's great. They're a wonderful charity. I s- like to support them as much as I can. Lovely. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Joining me on the couch this afternoon is we have Craig from Suck Knuckle Smokers. How are you going, mate? Uh, very good. Thank you very much. It's interesting that you're here. You're, you're here to be a judge today, not a competitor. What's that like? Uh, how's that different? Uh, it's pretty good. I've uh, actually never judged before, so it's going to be nice to you know, see what happens and uh, take some good cue. Finally sees what other teams are doing. <laughs> bit of a sneak peek, a little, bit of a, little bit of a sneaky way in. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Now, a, a lot of the other competitors are a little bit nervous that you're one of the judges here today as you are the number one currently ranked team in Australia. Yeah, that's so correct. What sort of uh, what sort of things are you going to be looking for in these pork groups today? Um, basically, just looking for good ribs. So just making sure that the ribs, you know, aren't necessarily overcooked or undercooked, or you know, just just a good execution, basically. So you know, if you want to eat it and it's nice, it's, that's just how it's going to get judged. So yeah. And can you give me a bit of a rundown on the judging process that you're using today? Um, so generally, uh, we follow what the Americans do in uh, competition barbecue over here. So it's taste, tenderness, and appearance. But um, generally, we're just looking for great ribs. So if the ribs taste good, and you know you want to eat more, it's that, that's just how it's going to be judged. You know, we aren't going too crazy on you know all the details. Now, something that we're doing differently here is we've leveled the playing field for this competition. So everybody's on approximately the same smoker. The fuel's all been supplied by, uh, by two different suppliers and all the meats come from the same source. What do you think that's going to mean from a judging perspective? Um, from a judging perspective, well, it's just, I guess it's just a good platform to start from. So, everyone, you know, it's going to come down to techniques that people have learned and, you know, not, not variances on pit or fuel. It's just going to come down to literally how the teams do their individual ribs, whether... You know, how long they're smoking for, how long they wrap them for, and what they wrap them with. So, what flavors they're putting in with the, you know, in with the um, crutch. Um, and th- I guess that all comes down to what the teams have had their luck with. And, you know, they've probably played around with it over their many competitions and they know what's working for them. So, uh, obviously, the teams here are, are good, good teams who have won ribs. So, um, I guess. They're the same ribs that we're going to be getting today are the ones that have won. So it's going to be, it's going to be good to see, see what they come up with. They definitely will be. We've yeah. got the one, two, three ranked for pork ribs. Yep. And two wild cards who yep. play a very good pork rib game. That's right, yeah. So I'm, I'm actually a little bit jealous that you get to be a judge yeah. and I get to just stand there and take photos. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so. going to be good. <laughs> so uh, what would be your advice? If you could give any advice to the teams out there today, what would it be? Advice. Just do what you do. I mean, I'm not one to give any, you know, any directions to these guys. These guys know what they're doing. You know, they're professionals. So just do what they know. Don't, don't try anything new to try and impress us, I guess. Just do what they do. I mean, that's probably the best, easiest thing to do. So, yeah. 
<laughs> Very solid advice. It is. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I'm not, you know, not going to criticise or tell people what they should and shouldn't do. So, I mean, if it's working for them, I want to taste it. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. Sort of yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, mate, it's nearly time to, uh, to, for teams to start getting ready to do their hand-ins. Yep. So I better let you go. You've got to head up to the judges' area. No worries. Thanks for dropping by. But before you do go, is there anybody that you want to give a quick shout-out to and tell us where we can find you on the socials? Uh, yep. So um, best place to find us on socials is uh, on Instagram at Suck Knuckle Smokers. Um, punch into Google, Suck Knuckle Smokers, and it's pretty much the only thing you'll get up there. So that's probably the easiest way. And um, shout out to my sponsors, uh, Goodwood Quality Meats, Abel from Clean Heat Charcoal, and um, Oak Ridge Barbecue Rubs. Yep. That's awesome, mate. Thank That's you very it. much. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Okay, so at this point I had to stop recording as it was by this time Friday night at a trendy pub in St Kilda. Things were getting very busy and it was just too noisy to keep recording. Lucky for me, one of the judges had to pull out, which meant I got to step up and judge. Gotta tell you, the ribs were awesome, but what was even better was the opportunity to sit at a table with barbecue competition royalty and talk Q. I mean, each of those three teams have competed stateside. It was an incredible experience. But here's the long and short of it. Third place was won by the lads from Full Metal Kettle. Saffron proved that she can step off a plane into a cab, go straight to a comp and kick some serious butt by picking up second. However... Winning by a fair margin was the once and now future rib king, Lucas from Roland Smoke Barbecue. It was a great feeling to be able to announce that to a packed Melbourne night spot and hand over $1,000 cash. I'm not sure if he made it out of the parking lot with the cash, but hey, that's St Kilda. There you have it, folks. A one-of-a-kind competition in an iconic location battled out by the titans of Aussie Barbecue. Once more, major congrats go to Lucas on taking out the title of rib king. If you'd like to get into competition barbecue or you just want to up your game, I have a free ebook you might like, 27 Lessons Learned from Competition Barbecue. Inside you'll find 27 tips that I've put together from my own experiences as a competitor and as a judge. To get your copy, head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com slash comp dash ready to get your copy now. There's also a link in the description. If you've got a question you'd love to ask or a story you want to share, hit me up at my Smoking Hot Confessions page on Facebook. There's also a Smoking Hot Confessions community where we talk all things Q and you can also track me down on Instagram as Smoking Hot Confessions and Twitter as Barbecue Confessions. If you've got a product you want reviewed or an event you want covered, send me an email directly to ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Would you like to meet me in person? Because I'd love to meet you. Over the next few months, I'll be out and about on the comp circuit. I'll be part of the media team at the Brisbane Barbecue Festival on the 8th and 9th of July. I'll be competing at the Burley Barbecue Championships on the 5th and 6th of August. And I'll be competing at the Bangalore Barbecue and Bluegrass Festival on the 11th and 12th of August. I'm also going to be part of a fantastic collaboration with Mark from Smartfire for the barbecue battle in Port Mac in September. Keep an eye out for the smoking Hot Smartfires. If you see me, make sure you come up and say hi. I'd love to meet you. Please do remember to subscribe, rate and review the podcast as these things really help me out on the charts. Take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips and Ben's own confessions.